Let's find out why the combination of heavy-hitting medieval history and architecture and the timeless pleasures of good beer, mussels, and frites, plus some of the world's best chocolate, combine to make Bruges the kind of old-world getaway where you don't mind being a tourist. Bruges is the capital of West Flanders in the northwest of Belgium, close to the North Sea. It's near the borders with the Netherlands and France and just a short hop across the Strait of Dover from England. Bruges is also where tour guide Nico Favaril calls home. Nico, thanks for joining us. Well, thank you for having me. So tell me about your work and, and what it's like to be a guide in Bruges. It's great. It's a city that most people are very excited about to see. So as soon as you meet a group, for instance, for a guided tour of Bruges or a longer stay, they're already excited to be there. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's not a place where they've never heard of, uh, so you uh, already have that. It's also an easy city to guide in because it's there. The beauty is there. Uh, it has a lot of history. Every corner has a house with something that you could talk about. It feels almost fanciful. It is. It is. Uh, for, for a lot of uh, Flemish people who may not work in tourism, they think it's an open-air museum yeah. and kind of avoid it a little bit. It is pretty um, sweet. I mean, it's filled with tourists and, you know, sugary examples of uh, clichetic Belgian culture. Yes, we have a few temptation streets, as we call them, but they're not filled with... Uh, Drugs and prostitutes. No, they're filled <laughs> with Amsterdam. chocolates and beer, and no, uh, it's uh, quite tempting. Yes. So, and you've got this amazing cathedral that just rockets up in the center, that spire made out of bricks. It's just yes. awe-inspiring. Yeah, it's uh, the Church of Our Lady, the uh -huh. Notre Dame, basically. Yeah. The cathedral is a little bit further uh, up, but uh -huh. the uh, Church of Our Lady is the one that everybody sees from a far distance. Yeah. It's like Lego bricks. When you look at that tower, it looks like a skyscraper it made is. out of bricks, yes. but it's a church spire. It's uh, amazing. And nowadays we have, of course, a lot of buildings, but if you would have arrived in Bruges, say, in the early Middle Ages, yeah. you would have seen that church tower from miles and, and miles ahead. And people know? traveled a, a lot of times for religious purposes back then. And they and, did. And uh, you would, you'd be walking, and from far in the distance, you'd see that spire, and you go, ah, our destination. And that's a way of uh, showing where trade was done, if you had a big yeah. spire. And then uh, you step inside and, and, and you find a Michelangelo statue. Yes. I think it's the only Michelangelo in Northern Europe. That's sort of an indication of how important Bruges was. It is. Not just a tourist town. Mm. It had a Michelangelo. And it was a purchase. It wasn't really given to uh, uh, the church or so. It was yeah. someone who traveled, traded with north of Italy yeah. and uh, got the statue. Now, across from the church, there's a, a beautiful bridge. I mean, every bridge in Bruges just seems like it's made for a painter to set up an easel and paint it. But then beyond that, there's a little dock and small touristic boats that take people around. What would you find when you get on one of those boats? Yeah, you have five stops that... Um, basically give you the same experience. So uh, every boat does the same tour. It's a 45-minute uh, tour. I mean, they're not covered, so right. you have to be lucky with the weather, but it's a must. Uh, the queues can be quite long, right. so maybe you want to call Bru ahead. Bruges or is crowded, early. so you want to go crowded, early or go yes. late. A lot of times, you know, it's crowded in the middle of the day, but it's remarkable how quiet it gets later on. And if things are open until 7 o'clock, try them at 6 o'clock. Yeah, and definitely. And, and on beautiful sunny days... Um, you know, the Belgians in general, if they can make business, they uh, will stay open a bit longer. Yeah. So if there's still good weather and large crowds, they, they will still go on. The Belgians, if, if they're able to stay open longer. So are you saying that the Belgians are like uh, good merchants? Yeah, good. Yeah, I mean, we, yeah, we see good this business in the, people. 
Yeah, in a, in a town like Brussels, which is of course not Bruges, uh, mm-hmm. bars open until no yeah. customers are there. I was thinking the Dutch are famously frugal and, and hardworking and so on, but when you think about Belgium, it's sort of a split society. Half mm-hmm. of it is uh, Walloon and French, and half of it is Flemish, Flemish and, and yes. more Dutch, speaking the same language as they speak in the Netherlands. Yes. What is Bruges? What part of Belgium? So Bruges is, is a Flemish city. Okay. It's, uh, Flanders can be a historical concept, mm-hmm. and Bruges was a very important part of historic Flanders. Yeah. But it's uh, now uh, the most touristy city of the, the Dutch-speaking region of Belgium, which is also yeah. called Flanders. Now, when you get on that little boat, Nico, you sail by, it's sort of a parallel world. There's none of the crowds, it's just you, well, it's a gang of tourists on the boat, but you've got ivy-covered brick walls, and you've got all sorts of beautiful courtyards and uh, underbridges, and what's the highlight of that boat for you? What do you enjoy? Um, There is a a little point where uh, the boat turns around, and... Mm -hmm you can see how far the canal still stretch. So even though the boat doesn't get you there, it gives you um, the idea of maybe I should come back to this area and walk around and stroll along the canals. So it's a nice overview and you get some ideas. And it is a reminder, if you just walk three or four blocks away from all of the tourism, it does get more peaceful and it's actually residential. And you see people living in 400-year-old brick homes. It's just actually quite quaint and charming and, as we were saying, almost fanciful. This is Travel with Rick Steves. We're talking with Nico Favaril. And Nico is a guide from Belgium. He lives just a few miles away from Bruges, and he takes Americans around this beautiful city. Also, across from that big church that we were talking about, right next to the boat docks there, there's um, it's like a medieval hospital. Mm-hmm. This is, to me, fascinating to think that religion and medicine and art, it, it kind of mixed together. What do we find when we step inside? It is a, a hospital where people uh, were brought to be taken care of most uh-huh. of the time at the end of their life in yeah. those days. Uh, so very religious. The nice thing is because of the religion linked to the hospital, you have a lot of religious art. And the contributor of religious art is Hans Memling, it's not so, not really considered a hospital museum, but it's more the Memling Museum. So it was a hospital. It, it has this gothic feeling of mm-hmm. old Bruges. But if you like Memling, and if you don't know Memling, Memling is sort of the quintessential Flemish artist. Isn't yes, he? Yeah, very detailed as well. Exquisite, the detail. And apparently he was sick and was taken care of in the hospital. And as a, a kind of a gesture, oh. he donated some of his best work. You got to check that out. Now, everything we've been talking about is within 100 meters of each other right now. Yes. The church, the little canal tour, and the memlings, and yeah. this medieval hospital. And that's just the beginning of Bruges. And it's all contained in a beautiful wall surrounded by a canal. Yes. And it's just a delightful opportunity. It's about an hour away from uh, Brussels. You can get there from Amsterdam quite easily. This is Travel with Rick Steves. We're talking with Nico Favaril, our friend from Belgium, the Dutch half of Belgium. Our phone number is 877-333-7425. You can email us at radio at ricksteves.com. And Jim's calling in from Colorado Springs in Colorado. Jim, thanks for your call. Have you been to Bruges? I have, Rick. We, uh, my wife and I went uh, a couple of years ago and had a wonderful experience in Bruges. Beautiful city, beautiful scenery, took some great photos. And um, one of the things we discovered was Burke Cafe. Uh, it was called the uh, Axte Dog, and I, I'm not sure exactly what the translation for that is, but it's one of those 400-year-old homes that you talked about. Uh-huh. And it was just outside the old city gates. And the woman invited us in, and we had a lovely aperitif in the afternoon with her. And this is the Burt Cafe. It's called Burt Cafe, yes. Burt Cafe. Uh, now, Wurfstraat 
free yeah. in Bruges. Wharfstraat. Well, it must have been on a on a canal then. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bruges comes from the same word as Brugge, Brugge. Um, which, uh, I mean, there's a bit of, uh, it sounds very much like the, the current name for bridge, Brugge, bridge. Okay. but um, it may be derived from a docking spot yeah. and then an old Celtic word, also Vikings use it like Bergen in, Bergen Nor- in Norway. Norway, same thing. So a docking spot, yes. So Nico, uh, Jim went to this, uh, sounds like a wonderful uh, family run, elegant uh, restaurant in an old home. And when I'm updating my guidebook, I'm always spending the evenings looking for restaurants that are good value. And, you know, you got the high-rent restaurants in the main square. But if you walk farther away, as Jim did, you find wonderful architecture, old homes, and hardworking entrepreneurial restaurateurs. Mm-hmm. And uh, always in Bruce, there's new restaurants popping up. And uh, it's just a delightful dimension of, of the travels there. Jim, when you were in Bruges, what else do you remember as a highlight? Well, obviously, the um, tour of the brewery, which has been there for 400 years, it was an amazing tour. It's been to a lot of breweries, obviously, but um, this one was rather unique because of the age. This is the, uh, it used to be Strafe Hendrik, right? It's, yeah, this uh, hal- the yeah. Halve Mound Brewery. Okay. So uh, where they yeah. have the Strong Henry, the Straffe Henry, yeah. which is one of the beers that it's they It's a great uh, beer. It's a great beer. But what's yes. really cool about Absolutely this is you, you take the tour, and it's, uh, it's just a fun-loving tour, isn't it, Jim? Very nice, yeah. Very, very cordial and very friendly and very personal. And you see the actual beer making process, and of course, at the end, you've worked up this amazing thirst, and you've got to drink what they've been making there. And they have this beautiful, beautiful lobby where you you enjoy that beer. I, I treat myself to that tour after a, a long day of researching in Bruges. It's, it is a highlight. Jim, thanks for your call. Thank you, Rick, and thank you for your help with our touring. You bet. Thanks for traveling with us. And Catherine's calling in from Decora in Iowa. Catherine, thanks for your call. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah. What are your memories of Bruges? Well, Bruges is one of my favorite spots in all of Europe. I just love the history and the charm of the architecture. Um, I happened to, when I was there a couple of years ago, visited a a spot that's um, not in the very center of Old Town, but which I thought was very special. And I'm probably going to mispronounce it, but the name is Princely Bejanage Tin Vigorard. And obviously, Nico can correct my pronunciation. So, but it's, but it's, it's, a, it's a Bejanage. It's a Bejanage. It's a Bejanage, yes. Yeah. And my understanding is that it was originally built for a group of pious women, and then over time has become the home for Benedictine nuns. Um, But it's this wonderful old complex of about 30 homes um, and a church, and all of the buildings are white, and they're sort of built around a common green area, and it just has this wonderful historical contemplative sort of feel Mm. about it, and it was uh, quiet and peaceful, and just, I felt like I was stepping back in time. You know, know, this is medieval time and just uh, very special and only about a 10 or 15 minute walk from the main part of the old town. So it was very easy to get to and definitely worth the walk. Yes, Catherine, this this is one of the highlights of this part of Europe, really. And in Bruges, they've got these wonderful bigonages and it's uh, a home of the Beguines. And uh, back then, there was a lot of reasons men would go off and die. And there was a lot of women, unattached women, and there was a lot of poverty and so on. And the church would take them in and, and give them a courtyard, and, and they would be religious lay people, I guess. Yeah, and, they uh, could leave whenever they want. They didn't have, have to take the vows, but right. they took care of, of uh, the sick, the old, the elderly. And they lived in a more safe 
secure spot. That's why it's uh, in Bruges specifically. You have it uh, surrounded by a wall. There's a little gate that you can go in. So in the older times when they lived together, they were safe from all the dangers outside of it. And when a visitor goes in, there's there's still people living there, and you, you feel like folding your hands and whispering. Yeah. Yes, you do. It does. It feels very contemplative and very peaceful. Yeah, just a very special experience. I, I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it's a sweet a sweet dimension of uh, Bruges that uh, the adventurous tourist enjoys. And good for you, Catherine, for finding that. Thanks for your call. Oh, thanks. Okay, bye now. Mm, bye. Nico Favarillo manages land and river cruise tours in Germany and the Low Countries. He's with us on Travel with Rick Steves to tell us about his home port of Bruges. It's a charming time warp in the West Flanders part of Belgium. Our conversation was recorded just before the pandemic impacted travel plans. And Marty's on the line from Atlanta. Marty, have you been to Bruges? I have, Rick, and I love it. I was there with a girlfriend about six or seven years ago, and this year I get to go back with my husband, which will bring a whole new dimension to it. Nice. Um, I'm getting all sorts of ideas from Nico. Thank you. I love the architecture. I went from Amsterdam to Bruges, and in each little town, the architecture got older and older, and Bruges was the pinnacle, I guess, of the medieval architecture. There are a lot of houses that open a room as a B&B, and I did that last time. I'm doing it again, and it's a very warm population, I would say. And You know, Marty, it's a population that welcomes the tourist, and the tourists are part of the economy. So if you're a, a simple person on the outside of town and you've got a, a house that's too big for your family and you're an empty nester, you'll, you'll rent out rooms to tourists. And uh, I like to rent a bicycle and, and establish a home in a bed and breakfast like that, Airbnb or whatever. And then with your bicycle, you can just uh, explore. You can bike around the moat. You can see the windmills. You can drop in on the ladies making lace. It's just a, it's just like a fantasy for a tourist. What are a couple of the visits that you made? Uh, did you go to any little museums that you, re- you would recommend? Um, we did. My girlfriend and I uh, got all three food groups handled in one day. The first visit was to the Chaco Story, which is a chocolate museum. Right. And, of course, there's tastings at the end. Mm-hmm. And from there, we went to the Frit Museum, which is a museum about potatoes and french fries. And, of course, we had lunch, and, and they eat their french fries with different condiments than we're used to, so that was fun to explore So instead that. of ketchup, mayonnaise is the, is the default, isn't it? It is, and then they <laughs> flavor the mayonnaise with different things. Right. And my first time I heard mayonnaise, I thought, oh, that's so gross. <laughs> oh. But it's delicious. Like <laughs> yeah, so give it a try. And if you want your uh, tomato sauce, you can have that, or you can have different spicy uh, ketchups. You know, the uh, Chocolate Story and the French Fries Museum, those are commercial ventures. You know, they're just making money, but they're entertaining. Did you find those were worth the money, or did you find that they were gimmicky? Both. Um, we did not go into Bruges six years ago with your book, which was a mm-hmm. mistake. Mm. <laughs> and um, so this time when we go, we will really have more of an idea of what we will do. You know, one of those experiences is fine. You mm-hmm. know, I'm, I, I want to go off the beaten path. I loved hearing Nico talk about the boat trip and yeah. then seeing... I'm going to do that. I've done the boat trip, but I'm going to do the walk after the boat trip and really get into the neighborhoods. That's what travel is for me, is 
really absorbing what it's like to live in this place. That sounds great. Marty, thanks for your call, and have a good next visit to Bruges. Thanks so much. Bye-bye, Rick. Bye now. This is Travel with Rick Steves. We've been talking with Nico Favaril. He's our guide from Bruges in Belgium. And Nico, uh, there's so much to talk about in Bruges. The, the carillon, they've got this wonderful... A uh, carillon is, a, is a, like a, a keyboard set up to all the bells, mm-hmm. and you can actually climb up the, another tower in the town, yes. and you can... I, I met the caroloner, the man who plays the carillon, and, and they don't play with their fingers. They pound it with their fists when they're closed on their, with their little finger hitting the keyboard. Yeah. And I shook his hand, and his little finger was twice as wide as a uh-huh. normal little finger because it was so calloused from a lifetime of pounding those keys. Did he allow you to play the carillon? He didn't, but he invited uh-huh. me to come to the concert that okay. night in the courtyard at the uh-huh. base of the yes. tower. A free concert and he stuck his head out the window from the top of that tower and he waved at us and it was such a delightful experience. And let's just finish one more dimension of the city that we haven't talked about is the beer. And when I go to Bruges, I meet a lot of Americans, especially from the East Coast, that are on like three-day beer pilgrimage tours just flying from New York to Bruges to enjoy the beer. How do you enjoy the beer in Bruges? Well, we have we have. There's some uh, a place. It's a it's a shop where, which uh, just sells Belgian products. Mm-hmm. But at the entrance, you have a big wall. It's called the famous beer wall. We have about a thousand Belgian beers, and almost I wouldn't say all of them, but most of them are in that wall, showing the bottle and the glass from which the beer is drunk, because every Belgian beer has to be drunk from a specific glass. Because I went to one of these uh, pubs in Bruges, and I wanted a particular beer, and they said, well, we've got the beer, but we don't have the glass. And they they were apologetic, and they actually thought I would want to change beers because they didn't have the right glass. But I said, you know, you can use whatever glass you want. But I guess for a Belgian connoisseur, the glass makes uh, It also goes the other way around. If you order a beer and they serve it in a different glass, the customer can say, I'm sorry, you know, this is not not how how I ordered it. it. Well, but that's is, a, that's a nice wall to see with uh, all the Belgian beers. You can buy them and then try them in the the spot itself. This is travel with Rick Steves. We've been talking with Nico Favorio. We're celebrating Bruges. It's one of the most beautiful little towns in Europe. Nico, it, thank it you is. so much. <laughs> thank you. Hey, I'm Rick Steves. I love art, and in my new book, Europe's Top 100 Masterpieces, I share my favorites with gorgeous photos and vivid descriptions. It's a greatest hit sweep through art history via the finest paintings, sculpture, and architecture ever. It's all in Europe's top 100 masterpieces, Art for the Traveler. It's available now at ricksteves.com.